0: Amen. Amen. Yeah. Hey, Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Hallelujah. Hey, Hallelujah. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so Joan prayed. I misspelled your name. I typed that one to make sure I got it when you pray I spelled Joanne, but it's Joan. <laughs> uh, but Joan, Joan prayed. I'm about to say Joanne again. <laughs> so Joan prayed, you know, for us to give up the things of the world. You know, and uh, those are things that we have to do. And it, it's not easy because we are in this world, right? We, we're we in the world, but we're not of the world, right? And things tend to attach itself to, to us, right? And um, which is why it's important for us to stay connected to the true vine. And I talked about, you know, last week how the true vine is Jesus and the word, right? So, you know, and that's how God cleanses us. Right. So, you know, we can't control the people who we're around when we're at work and things like that, you know. But what we control is how much time we spend in his presence. Right. How much time we spend trying to get closer to him. Right. And the more we get closer to him, the more mature we become. Right. We talked about it Wednesday. Right. You know, a couple of us mentioned it on Wednesday that, you know, it's a process. Right. So we shouldn't look back to where. And say, well, man, I was a stronger believer back then. No, we should be even stronger now, today. Right? So, and, and these are the things, you know. So, I used to get angry and, and mad sometimes when people ter- talk a certain way around me. I mean, look literally, I remember one time being on, you know, on a submarine and a person just kept cursing, cursing, cursing. And I got so mad and I went out there to try to fight them. Right? <laughs> I will say, and then, but I was wrong. I was wrong because i didn't show christ right i didn't show the love of christ i wasn't long suffering in that right they can't control they're not born again right they're not born again right but i can control me right so and because they're not born again sometimes they can't control themselves and what they do or what they say right so sometimes they may get angry and i I can't remember who said it but somebody i used um that i knew one time he would say you know when people say a lot of curse words it was due to a lack of vocabulary (laughs) and i thought about it i guess that's kind of true right but you know long story short we have to be christ-like and and jesus exercised patience with people right even the unsaved the lost and he you know regardless of whether or not, you know, the Pharisees, the scribes and them coming after him, he still showed patience and love towards them. And we read on Wednesday how he dined at the Pharisees house. Right. And they were trying to set him up. Right. But he still went. Right. So, you know, we got to be on guard. So we're going to continue along this. And you know what? I was thought this was going to be my last um, part on this. But the Lord, when I was studying this week, he wouldn't let me release it. <laughs> and and um so we we're going to we're going we're gonna to continue on with I don't know how many more there'll be after that but um regardless we're going to continue on and I, I don't know why but God knows why Amen. right and but it's, it's it's important that we learn be, um because we have to learn to bear fruit right and we not just fruit but we have to learn to bear much fruit and there's only one way we can do that and that is do abiding body in the true vine, abiding in his word. And um, that's what we have to remember. So I am going to take my time with this, and uh we'll stop when I feel the Lord will stop me. Amen. <laughs> hey, so I know we, we we uh read one through four last week, but I'm gonna continue along. I'm gonna read those again. Uh so beginning at verse one, John fifteen, sorry. So John fifteen, beginning at verse one, I'll give you a little bit to turn there. So we'll summarize and rehash some of these things that we talked about because it's important. So John 15, beginning at verse one, I am the true vine and my father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that bears fruit, he prunes that it may bear more fruit. You are already clean because of the word which I have spoken to you. So we'll start right there. So, you know, our primary desire should be to bear fruit. Right there is nothing more worthless than a branch that does not bear fruit, right and we see evidence of that in the bible let's turn to matthew uh twenty one and I think we'll go to let's see eighteen verse. No, this is like one or two things in in the gospel that Jesus actually cursed. All right, Matthew twenty-one verse eighteen. Now in the morning, as he returned to the city, he was hungry, and seeing a fig tree by the road, he came to it and found nothing on it but leaves, and said to it, "Let no fruit grow on you ever again." Immediately, the fig tree withered away. And when the disciples saw it, they marvelled, saying, "How did the fig tree?" Were away so soon? So Jesus answered and said to them, "Assuredly I say to you, if you have faith and do not doubt, you will not only do what was done to the fig tree, but also if you say to this mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea, it will be done. And whatever things you ask in prayer, believing, you will receive. So, you know, a lot of times when we read this, we focus in on the asking, the praying, you know, and receiving. And we, we, we tie it into the faith. But let's look at the fig tree for a moment. Right. Because what happened? The fig tree actually had leaves on it. So because it had leaves, it was supposed to have figs and figs are actually a fruit. So what happened with the fig tree, it gave. Why did Jesus actually curse the fig tree like he did? Because it gave a semblance, a resemblance of it bearing fruit, which it did not have any fruit. So we got to be on guard on that because sometimes we can give the appearance of bearing fruit when we don't have fruit. Right. Because there's only one way. Again, we can get fruit by abiding in the true vine. That's right. So we don't want to be like this fig tree. Right. So now let's go back to John 15. Sorry, I should have told you to keep your finger there. So just to rehash some of the things we talked about last week. You know, when he talks about uh, every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. You know, and I read something today, which was, and I'm reading it, I'm like, okay. And it was somebody writing, and it was something from back in 2018, but he said something about taking away where this is where we got to be careful on what we get or what we allow to come into us. Right. Because what he said was taken away. Was it not necessary? Somebody with God coming in as the vine dresser and taking them away if they're not bearing fruit, but just lifting them up. So now what that gave and I don't want to go into all of it, but what the impression that he gave was whether you bear fruit or whether you didn't, you were good. Right. And that's not the case, as we see, as we, you know, we've seen already. But as we continue to go through John 15, that's not the case, because if we're not bearing fruit, really, we're worthless. Right. And I know it sounds hard to say. It doesn't mean that God doesn't love us. Right. But ultimately, we have to bear fruit. All right. So let's look at uh, verse four, the importance of abiding in Christ. Abide in me and I in you as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine. Neither can you unless you abide in me. So, again, we cannot bring forth fruit if we don't abide. It is impossible. Right. So we have to understand our works does not cause us to bear fruit, but our fruit will lead us to do good works. Right. So sometimes we think because we do good things, we may give things to people or whatever. We're thinking that, hey, we're bearing fruit. No, there's only one way that we could bear fruit, and that is through the true vine. And a good thing about it is we don't have to do nothing besides abide in the true vine. That's all we have to do. Abide in the true vine, and then we will begin to bear fruit. And not only just fruit, but much fruit. Right? So, what is bearing fruit? See, bearing fruit can be what comes out of our mouth. Right? So, now, let's turn to uh, Luke... Actually, no. Where do I want to go? Yeah, Luke six. So keep. We'll, we'll come back to John, but uh, Luke six, and verse forty-three. Read forty-three to forty-five. So these are these are just a couple of things that we can see on how we're bearing fruit. Good fruit. All right. Luke 6. uh, 43. For a good tree does not bear bad fruit. Nor does a bad tree bear good fruit. For every tree is known by its own fruit. For men do not gather figs from thorns. Nor do they gather grapes from a bramble bush. A good man out of the good treasure of his heart. Brings forth good. And an evil man out of the evil treasure of his heart. Brings forth evil. For out of the abundance of the heart. His mouth speaks. So, what we speak, what we say, the term is will show our fruit. Right? So I remember being on, I think it was my second submarine, and there was a we had a lay leader, and I think I told the story before, and uh he would hold the Sunday services. But anytime he faced a stressful situation, he would get angry, he was just cursing up a storm. But yet, this is the same person leading bible study on so every every sunday service right so it's like what what is coming out of them right because we have to be on guard so certain things should not not just cursing but dirty jokes shouldn't be coming out of our mouth right those are the things that we have to be on guard about because what can happen is even when people around us right and i just had a conversation with somebody yesterday morning about this they can come around us and they can start to rub off on us, right? Because the environment is dirty. Now, what I didn't say, going back up to uh, the, the first few verses is this. You know, when grapes, when they're growing, they start to grow in the ground, right? So what happens? So even if they're, grew, they're, they're good and they're sweet on the inside, they start to become dirty on the outside. Why? Because of the environment. So what does the vine dresser do? The vine dresser lifts the grapes up. Right. He lifts them up and may place them on a bucket or even in the Old Testament, they will play, lift it up on a rock. Jesus Christ is the rock. Remember that. Right. And then the vine dresser will come by and spray water on it. Why? To clean off the outside. Clean off the filth, the muck and the mire. Why? Because if they don't do that, now it starts causing the grape to rot. And it's the same thing with us. We live in this fallen world. Right. And like I said at the beginning, these can start to attach themselves to us. Right i tell telling myself just this week, right? I, I'm down in my space and then I was talking to somebody. Somebody else came to see that person and then they were not saying some wholesome things, right? I messed up by not walking away. So even after they left, I felt dirty on the inside because I allowed that to come inside of me, right? So I repented to God about that. And then guess what? I had to get clean again. <laughs> right. I had to purge that stuff out of me through what? Through the word. Right. So even so, I got convicted of that because I knew I should have walked away. But I did. Right. So we got to We got to be careful. So that's a part of that filth. And so now as I read the word, I started to get purged again. And that's that's the Lord cleaning me up again. All right. So let's go to Luke chapter three. So who else shows fruit. Not only our words, but our generosity, our generosity. (laughs) Luke chapter three, verse 11 through 14, John the Baptist. He answered and said to them, he who has two tunics, let him give to him who has none. And he who has food, let him do likewise. Then tax collectors also came to be baptized and said to him, teacher, what shall we do? And he said to them. Collect no more than what is appointed for you. Likewise, the soldiers asked him, saying, and what shall we do? So he said to them, do not intimidate anyone or accuse falsely and be content with your wages. So the things that we do, the things that we get demonstrates our fruit right now. We don't do those things in order to bear fruit. But again, our fruit will cause us will lead us to do good works. Right. So those are things that we have to remember. All right. So let's go to verse five. So I am the vine. I'm sorry, John 15. I'm sorry. I forgot. We were in Luke. John 15. All right. uh, Verse five. I am the vine. You are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him bears what? Much fruit. Right? So, we don't just bear little fruit, but much fruit. Right? For without me, you can do what? Nothing. Right? So, the good thing about that is, see, when we're bearing good fruit when we're attached to the true vine, a good vine has to be in good soil. Right? Good soil can be a good church that is teaching the word. Right? But guess what? We ourselves can be good soil. So, what are we doing when we're not at service right so the better the soil and I'm not a gardener the better the soil is uh, so Marie can correct me if I'm wrong the better the soil the better the fruits gonna grow right so I'll, I'll, I'll use my daughter Vanessa I ain't tell her I was gonna do this but a few years ago she was trying to go wa- watermelon right and then I had a co-worker that was growing watermelon but Vanessa planted on the side of the house where it was not really good soil but Guess what? It started to grow some, but it couldn't get good roots, and because it couldn't get good roots, what's up? the the what happened is the vine wasn't producing good nutrients to cause the watermelon, watermelon to grow. So what happens? The watermelon, I think one ended up getting to about this size, roughly, and then it ended up breaking and cracking where we couldn't even eat it, right? Because it was not good soil there. But my co-worker, he planted his in good soil. <laughs> And his began to grow. And guess what? He was able to eat it because it was sweet. So he says, I ain't tasted." But, you know, that's good soil. That matters. Our soil matters. So we are all branches. If we are believers in Christ. Right. But if we're not bearing fruit, the vine dresser takes us away right now. Doesn't mean that we all because we read last week that what he will cast in the fire. Right. But. You know I, I did uh, spoke on a true vine years ago and I learned that even a branch that is broken off on the ground the vine dresser can take it back and, and place it on the vine tie it up and then eventually it'll grow back in and start to bear fruit right so it's not that all of a sudden that a branch broken off that somebody that's not bearing fruit can just be discarded all the time no God can cause them to come back. Right. But we don't want to get to that point. Right. Because guess what? We're going to reap what we sow. So even if we go out there, we don't we don't know for sure whether or not we will come back to the Lord. So we don't want to be placed in that predicament. Right. So even what. The uh, the lost sheep that's gone, the ninety nine, that one sheep may not be found. It may happen. Right. Because guess what? We're not promised tomorrow. Right. We're not promised tomorrow. So it all comes back to the word. And I said it last week. The word read, the word heard, the word understood, and the word applied. Right? And that's where the Holy Spirit helps us with that. Right? So even when that that branch of that vine is cut off, and I said last week, but Byron told me after service that as soon as you cut that branch of that vine off, you can start to see it wither away. Right? We don't want to get to that point. We have to stay connected. We have to stay connected. Right. So again, good soil. Right. So good soil being a good church that is actually teaching the Bible and not teaching the people. See, what happens when we teach the people, we may teach them something that's not in the Bible. But see, when we teach the Bible, we're actually teaching the what? The truth. We're teaching the truth in the word. So why is that important? Because the word uh, I touched on it last week and we're going to go there. So you can start to turn to Mark chapter four. The word is the seed that is sown in us. Right. And I talked about that word last week being in the Greek is logos, which is a spoken word. But sometimes we think it's just a spoken word because that's what we're left with a lot of times. But it also it means the taught word. So when Jesus was teaching, he was actually sowing the seeds to the people. And even as we read the Bible, or we're being taught the truth, the word, the Bible, those are seeds that are being planted in us. So let's go to and what happens when we take those seeds in? So Mark, uh, we'll start at verse twenty. But these are the ones sown on good ground; those who hear the word, accept it, and do what bear fruit, right? Some thirtyfold, some sixty, and some a hundred. Now. For years we probably heard that all tied to finances right? and money right because that's how people try to get you to sow and they say hey it's going to reproduce all but no it's talking about the word the word is the seed right and this is what we have to hold on so why is that important because if we're good if we're planting in good soil and we're planted and attached to the true vine automatically the fruit is going to come forth right but what happens is we have things that can cause us to detach from the true vine right Satan is one of them the cares and circumstances of this world is another persecution is another alright so let's go up let's look at verse 14 same chapter 14 15 the sower sows the word And these are the ones by the wayside where the word is sown. When they hear, Satan comes immediately and takes away the word that was sown in their hearts. So, how does he immediately come and take away? It could be a number of things. Right? It could be as soon as you leave church. Now you get in your car. Now you are listening to music that doesn't have good lyrics into it. (laughs) Right? That's him coming to take the word. Right? We have to remember, he's the God of this world. Right. He's the he's the prince, the power of the air. Right. So it could be anything. It could be somebody just cutting us off in traffic. Right. And then now we're starting to give up a finger that we shouldn't be lifting up. Right. <laughs> right. Oh, well, we may not do that now. All of a sudden, some words may be coming out of our mouth. Right. That's how he comes and steals the word out of us that had just been sown. Right. And it, does, it may not even be. You may even say it, it could be a day or two later. Right? So, that's how he gets us to stop abiding in the vine. So, we got to be careful of that. Right? So, it's, it's, you know, so, when we're bearing good fruit, we're going to, again, it's going to lead to good deeds. So, I I was reflecting on this, even I was reading this earlier today. You know, during the protests, um, I saw two different Groups of people that I knew that that I used to go to the church with one at one church, one at another. So one, they were out there with their church and they were actually praying for people. And then you can see the people. Um, Taken to them, repenting, crying because it was love being shown. Right. Because a lot of times we you know we see people that are angry. It's really a lot because they hurt. They're hurt, they have unforgiveness, and we don't think about that. You know, they may get angry at us, and then we want to get angry back at them. But we we really can't do that, right? Because even the fact that initially when they got out there, people were yelling at them, for, but they continued to stay that love, and guess what? The atmosphere broke. And the atmosphere broke, hearts were broken. Hearts started. People started coming to the Lord, right? Now, there was another group, right? <laughs> And on a different day, right? And they were out there screaming, shouting, Black Lives Matter, right? And then guess what? As soon as the music stopped playing, they start blending in. And now you can't tell whether or not who saved and who not saved. Right? Because one bear fruit, which led to good works. The other one had no fruit. So guess what they did? Instead of abiding in the true vine, they abided in the world. But yet, they think they're good. Right? But, and see, people will say, well, Son, it's overkill. No, he says in the Bible, now is the way. Right? And we read it a couple weeks ago in Luke chapter 13. So strive. And I think it's, uh, the uh, New English translation said, to exert every effort to live a life of righteousness. Why? Because, because, It is hard in this world. We are faced with distractions all the time. And it could be a number of things that we're faced with. But we have to exert every effort to not get bogged down with those things. Amen. 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 And that's not easy for our flesh to do. Which is why we have to do what? Crucify our flesh. Because our flesh doesn't want to do the word. Flesh will rather just do the world. (laughs) Right? But... We are accountable to the Lord. We're accountable to each other. Right? And these are the things that we have to... But we can only do that when we uh, abide in the true vine. We have to abide in the true vine. All right. So let's go to uh, verse 16. All right. Uh, 16 and 17. These, likewise, are the ones sown on stony ground. So what do we know about stony ground? Stony ground is uneven. Right? Stony ground, we can walk on stony ground, and if we're not careful, we can trip. We can fall, and we can hurt ourselves. And guess what? Some people, if they hit the head, they can actually die. These, likewise, are the ones sown on stony ground. Who, when they hear the word, immediately receive it with gladness. So, they heard the word. They were somewhere where they heard the word, the taught word. Right? The spoken Logos. They heard the word somewhere. And they received it with gladness. Verse 17. And they have no root in themselves. And so endure only for a time. That time is a season. Right? So they hear the word. And they walk in fine for a season. Now, season could be a long season. It could be a short season. So let's see what happens. Afterward, when tribulation. Tribulation meaning Oppressing. When tribulation or persecution arises for the word's sake, immediately they stumble. So they heard the word. They received it with gladness. And then they stumbled. So I started to wonder. I said, well, okay. Hmm. Help me to understand this, Lord. So immediately I went to go. It popped in my spirit to look up the word stumble. See what it means. Because I know what stumble means. Right. But I wanted to see what it was in the Greek. Right. So for your notes, G4624, like I said, if you Google Strong's G4624, you can see for yourself. So this is what stumble means. It means entice to sin. Cause to distrust. So wait a minute. So they received the word and they received it with gladness. So that means they were somewhere planted that was good soil. But yet they started to distrust. Well, how do we distrust? Well, we start to distrust things with the government, right? Because we start to come with these conspiracy theories, right? And, and it, you know, it, and I think I said this before. It boggles my mind how somebody who's never worked for the government always knows what the government is doing. I just don't understand it. So even, and I, I shared this a while back, that, uh, you know, even during the, uh, the elections, I had ministers, pastors sending me stuff. And I said, this is some of the dumbest stuff that they're sending me, and they're actually believing this stuff. And I know after working in intelligence that there's no way this stuff can actually happen. Right? But they got people believing this stuff, but it's conspiracy theories. That's causing people, because it was Christians that were believing it, to stumble. What else? The stumble means? It means to fall away. Right? It means to fall away. So they receive the word. Receive it with gladness. But then all of a sudden, tribulations, that pressing comes, and it causes some to fall away. Fall away from what? So we know even in the end times, what? Before Christ comes, there's going to be a falling away. Mm-hmm. Causing, and so when it says falling away, it's not talking about unbelievers. It's talking about believers. Mm-hmm. Right? So it's causing them to what? To stumble. To trip to fall what else does it mean it means indignant I heard that word so I know it means angry somewhat but I had to look it up right so indignant means feeling or showing anger because of something unjust or unworthy what did I say before these are our rights (laughs) I didn't mean to hit that hard these are our rights you can't do this It's causing believers to stumble. Christ wouldn't respond that way. But we got leaders in the church teaching people to act that way. That's causing them to stumble. This is why we have to know the word. Why is that important? I touched on it a couple weeks ago. Let's go back to uh, John 15. I'll I'll probably get ready to close out with this. But uh, John 15. And I'll tell you the verse as soon as I figure it out. 18. Taking God out of school. You can't do that. Right? And people are getting angry over this. That's stumbling. Alright, so why should we not fall privy to that or, or, or get deceived by that and stumble? Because Jesus said it right here to the disciples. Verse 18, John 15. If the world hates you, you know that it hated me before it hated you. So why are we shocked when people hate us or hate anything doing with the Bible? Jesus is saying it. But yet we feel a need to go marching down to the courthouse. You can't do that. You can't take away our life. Jesus said it right here. If the world hates you, you know that it hated me before it hated you. Verse 19. If you were of the world, the world will love its own. It is dangerous. If you have a pastor that is loved by the world. Doesn't mean they can't say the pastor is a good person. But if the pastor is loved by the world. And the unsaved loves coming into that church. And sitting down. And they're comfortable. Something's wrong. That's not good soil. That's not good fruit. But yet we have people. We have churches. That are trying to recruit them all the time. Come up in here. Come up in here. We want to make them comfortable. We want to feed them. Come on in. Family day. Come on in. If they're comfortable like that, something's wrong. Because guess what? If we're preaching the truth, they're either going to change or they're going to go away. Or they're going to stay like like a, a, a tear and cause somebody else to stumble. Second half of verse nineteen. Yet because you are not of the world, but I chose you out of the world, therefore the world hates you. So why is it? Uh, why are we getting upset when Jesus already said these things? You know what? Because <laughs> you have some Christians that will still try to go out and still try to be cool and things like that? And try- no, you shouldn't be fitting. In. You. It should be almost to the point, not that we're goofy, but that they look at us like we're goofy. Because we don't fit in. We're in the world, but we're not of the world. But we're trying so much to fit in, in the effort to think that, hey, we need to do these things in order to win these people. No, we don't. We just need to teach the truth, walk in love. Right? Now, you've heard me say, we don't judge them. Right? And then people will come back and say, when I talk about Christians doing to, Rasan, well, you don't judge them. It's in the Bible that I can judge. What goes on in the house of God. Paul said it. And we just read it from Ephesians chapter 5 last week. Right? Because that's what we're supposed to do. We're not supposed to be judging what's out in the world. But yet, that's what we're doing. Verse 20. Remember the word that I said to you. A servant is not greater than his master. If they persecuted me, they will, not might, they will, not might, they will also persecute you. That's right. If they kept my word, they will keep yours also. Right? So why are we getting all... in a hissy fit about this stuff? I mean, it makes no sense to me. We're not being biblical. Amen? But then yet, these are supposed to be biblical experts. And it's right here. Because if they persecuted Jesus, and... You know, and one of the things I I'm going to get ready to close, but one of the things I don't like is when people all the time always share, like it's all good that always happens to them. No way. Right? And then you see it even when people witness to people, they act like, hey, every time they go out and witness to somebody, that person got saved. There is no way. If it didn't, if Jesus didn't do it, there's nobody on earth today that's witnessing to somebody and leading them to the Lord every single time. Jesus didn't do it. Because people walked away. The Pharisees, these are people he taught and he witnessed to. And I know evangelists, especially up in North. I know mean, one in Massachusetts. He is strong. He has a strong anointing for evangelism and and it's almost like it's hard for people to resist him. But even him. Everybody does not come to the Lord. With him right. So what that does is almost it sets people up for failure. Oh, I can't do that. No. Right. We just got to share the love of Christ. But everybody we share the love of Christ is not going to receive us. That's right. They may hate us. They will hate us. They will persecute us. Right. But again. We can't. Get caught up in this nonsense. And this is why we have to understand and know the truth. Because we don't want to be made to stumble. And understand. When I read in Mark chapter 4. These are people who heard the word. They heard the word. Right? But the cares of this world. The tribulations. The persecutions. All these things. The enemy. Satan coming. To steal the word from them. Right? We can't get caught up. And and the last one that I read. Well, I didn't, I didn't get to 18, 19, so I'm going to read that. But the stumble, that's what most Christians are doing. They're stumbling. They're stumbling over nonsense, stuff that's not even biblical. Right? So we got to be on guard about that. All right. Uh, going back to Mark 4. Uh, now now finished because I, I need to read eighteen, nineteen, 19. Right? Uh, Mark chapter 4, verse 18, 19 says this. Now, these are the ones sown among thorns. They are the ones who hear the word, verse 19, and the cares of this world, the deceitfulness of riches, and the desires of other things entering in, choke the word, and it becomes unfruitful. So, verse 19, the cares of this world, the cares of the world, the anxieties, the things in this world that cause us to have anxiety, right? It doesn't mean that if something happens, we may not be shocked at first, but we don't stay that way these cares of these worlds these anxieties cause us to become unrooted break off from the true vine because now when they happen now we are no longer in peace but guess what even in the no matter what's going on around us if we stay connected to the true vine we can't fix the circumstance but we can still be in peace in the midst of that but this is why we have to get the word on the inside of us to understand these things right so uh, 19, right uh, And the desires of other things, oh, hold on, I forgot the deceitfulness of riches, and then we I touched on that last week, right? We got churches that are teaching, oh, every Christian should be a millionaire. every Christian should be rich. But he says right here, the deceitfulness of riches. Right now, don't get me wrong, We can enjoy the fruits of our labor, right? So there are some Christians that are well off because of their jobs education or whatever. There's nothing wrong with that. that. That doesn't mean we have to go out and give all our possessions away. No. We're going to have rich Christians. We're going to have middle class Christians. Upper, lower, middle class. And we're going to have poor Christians. Same things the Jews experience. Especially in the early church. They had poor. That's why they had to take care of the poor. Now, the poor in this country, shoot, the poor get taken care of better than uh. The middle class. (laughs) It's it's almost better to be on a government funding because I go in people's houses and they got big screen TVs twice the size of mine. (laughs) And here I am working and they not working. They get to sleep all day. (laughs) They get to sleep, I'm just getting off of work and they just waking up. Right? So it's not like the a lot of these poor people today are not like what was in the Bible. Right, So it doesn't mean that we have to give everything away. right? And I can tell you point blank, these people out there holding signs that they're a veteran, Uh uh-uh. No, they ain't a veteran. Uh, There is not a veteran in this country that should be holding a sign on the street because I can guarantee you they can get in the house, have a car, have money, and have a job. And I know for a fact VA raiders that will sit up there and try to get their social security number and said, I'll get you off right now. A lot of them are not even veterans. So discernment. (laughs) Discernment. All uh, all Alright. So and it becomes unfruitful. So in other words, unfruitful meaning the things that you're supposed to yield, you are not yielding. Right? So when we hear the word and we abide in the true vine, which is the word, we should be yielding fruit. But the deceitfulness of riches and all these things, the cares of this world. It keeps us from bearing fruit because it detaches us from the true vine. And the thing about it is now we start to desire the things of this world more so than the things of the Lord. And we're not doing it purposely, but our mind are focused on these things that we can't control. Right. We are all going to face worries. We are all going to face situations that we have no control over. And we just have to abide in the true vine. We have to abide in the word. Because it doesn't matter what it is sickness, job loss. It doesn't matter what it is. It's going to be a whole number of things we cannot control. What we control, what we can control, is abiding in the true vine. And if we're abiding in the true vine, God will take care of the rest. Because he's going to cause us to bear fruit. Amen? Amen. All right, so we'll stop right there. Let's bow our heads. Thank you, Lord, Heavenly Father God.